From sprains to fractures, get expert care quickly at the University of Kansas Health System. Walk-in orthopedic care is open weekdays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays, 8 to 2 at I-435 and Null. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. Appointments and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash joy. That's 4 slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Every piece of land has a story. Some right there is behind the wheel of a John Deere 1 Series tractor, like the Upshaws. This is my tractor penny. It's all about attention to detail. But the Nelsons love cruising around their expansive Montana ranch in their John Deere Gator UV. We've been here since 1868. While the Caggianos drive a John Deere zero-turn mower to keep their Long Island brewery looking sharp. Don't call me. Don't bother me. I'm going out to mow for a couple hours. Run with us and start telling your story. Learn more at JohnDeere.com. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Welcome in. Happy Thursday, everybody. Episode 428. Shane Dennis Show. Jack Johnson alongside. Running the show. Contributing. Our hotline, if you want to call us over the next couple of hours, is 316-669-4996. If you'd like to text us instead, because, you know, texting greater than sign calling 316-247-0923 tell your smart speaker to play kkgq 92.3 that's us we're at 92.3 fm on your radio espnwichita.com on your device your tablet your computer follow us on twitter be our friends on facebook it's february 23rd and wichita is heading for a high of 34 degrees today, but better days are ahead. Weather people, warm weather people. I guess if you like cold weather, then worse days are ahead. But anyway, today we've got to give you a little shocker update. Men's, women's basketball to tell you about. Preview and review. Baseball to tell you about. Preview and review. No game today, by the way. It's too cold in St. George. Cold weather will force the Trailblazers and the Shockers to play a doubleheader tomorrow in St. George. Warmer weather is in Arizona. So we'll talk Royals baseball and hear from Scott Barlow at 1225. We're in that segment anyway. And apparently Brad Keller has come up with a different pitch, try to resurrect his career, and put a 5-plus ERA over the last couple of years in the rear view. John Sherman talked about a downtown stadium. We'll talk about all that coming up in the next segment. Twitter question has to do with Wichitans and what to do in Wichita. That's in the last full segment of the first hour. Then we'll have headlines, as we normally do, top of hour number two, 1 o'clock. And then Jamie Bluma will join 125. I'm old Jack Young, February 23rd edition, as usual. So, there is your show. That's how you can either be a part of it, listen to it, stream it, or whatever. Uh, also, a reminder, if you miss any part of any show, or if you just want to re-listen to a segment or the whole thing, you can do so at ESPNWichita.com. Jack does a really good job of getting those podcasted shows up expeditiously. Pretty much right after the pulse, and old Pat wraps it up at 4 o'clock. All right, we uh, we skipped this yesterday, had a little conversation instead, but our moment of levity for Jack Johnson, um, don't necessarily have to double up, Jack, but since you didn't tell a joke yesterday, you're kind of under the gun to tell a good one today. Let's see if I can even, if the first one doesn't land, I can always give you a second one, so we'll try one more okay. one here. Right. My girlfriend is mad that I have no sense of direction, so I packed up my stuff and write.
So you what? My wife or my girlfriend is yeah, mad yeah. that I have no sense of direction, uh-huh. so I packed up my stuff and write. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> There's another one if it catches that you. That is so dumb. <laughs> All right. <laughs> when I see the names of lovers engraved on a tree, I don't find it cute or romantic. I find it weird how many people take knives with them on outings. <laughs> That's a little better. Uh, that first one's growing on me, though. More. <laughs> February 23rd. It's National Banana Bread Day. It's also National Toast Day. National Dog Biscuit Day. National Chili Day. The food. Fourth Thursday in February. Also known as Chili Con Carne. National Tile Day is February 23rd as well. Three days to tell you about tomorrow on February 24. So tune in then for that. Uh, February 23rd in celebrated history. Let's see here. My birthdays. Caesar Ritz, born 1850. His hotels and restaurants inspired songwriters and chefs to grand creations. Apparently. Irving Berlin. Gary Cooper. They're all apparently inspired by Caesar Ritz. His most famous hotels located in Paris and London. Victor Fleming. Uh, 1883 Academy Award winning director best known for his musicals like The Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind. Also 1940, Peter Fonda was born. There you go. There's February 23rd for you. Uh, We've got uh, some shocker sports to update you on. First of all, a preview tonight of a blackout at Charles Coke Arena. It's the Memphis Tigers coming to town to take on Wichita State, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Memphis 20-7, and 10-4 in the American. Wichita State 14-12, 7-7 in the league. Maybe the worst news, besides the fact that Memphis is coming in at 20-7, is that Wichita State's at home. They have not been nearly as successful at the old roundhouse as in past years, and certainly not as successful as they've been on the road. And this is a, I mean, I would say crucial stretch for Wichita State, but is it really? I mean, they're they're playing for... Well, they're playing for a bye in the conference tournament if they can get it. But this is the first of three games in a row against the top three teams in the league. You got tonight and then Sunday, that's at Tulane. And then the game at Houston in the AAC finale next Thursday. Full week off since the 14-point win at Temple for Wichita State. They are 7-7, Wichita State is, at home. 2-5 in the American. Won most recently, though, uh, against SMU in that double OT game. This will be the second of that home-and-home with Memphis Tigers had a high-scoring 88-78 win, led by DeAndre Williams, 29 points. Kendrick Davis had 20. And Memphis shot 52.3% from three-point range. Wichita State is also only 1-7 against Penny Hardaway. The only win came in 2020, and that was at home. So Wichita State trying to turn the trick again 
two teams in the top 25 in field goal percentage defense. Shockers are 18th. Memphis is 23rd. And Memphis, if you're into such things, a two-point favorite. And the total is in the mid to upper 140s, depending on where you look, which is, if you are a betting man or woman, to me, got to be a little confounding. If it's not confounding to you, text me. Tell me why. 316-247-0923. Two really good defenses, statistically, but they played an 88-78 game last time out. And Vegas has a total at around 147 or so for this one. So we uh, shall see. That's tonight at 6 o'clock ESPN2. Wichita State trying to finish in the top half of the league. And more specifically, if they can win one or more of these last three, at least have a chance, an outside chance, although you would think they'd probably have to win two of them, to uh, get a bye in the upcoming conference tournament in Fort Worth. So that's what's coming up tonight. Wichita State men's basketball against Memphis. Last night in women's basketball, it did not go well for the Shocker women. They went ice cold in the second half, got whipped on the boards by 15, and didn't have much for SMU. 69-51 to in Moody Coliseum a night ago. So that drops the women to 5-9 in the league, 15-12 overall. They host the Shocker women to Temple on Saturday at 2 o'clock. That's the last regular season home game for Wichita State's women. And they had... Subpar games for them. And I'm not going to point fingers at Jane Asinde and Trejada Colbert because they've been great all year. But Asinde had 11 points. Trejada Colbert had 10. And the, the glaring thing really with those two players was the fact that they combined for only seven rebounds. And SMU out-rebounded them by 15 Cortesia uh, Dean led Wichita State with 11 points and six rebounds. But after shooting above 50% in the first half, Shockers made seven baskets in 32 tries in the second half. Finished up at 35.7% from the floor. Only got to the line 12 times. It was pretty miserable performance by Wichita State's women down in Dallas last night. So, again, they fall to 5-9, and nine, looking more like they are, and I think they're going to run out of games in order to try to finish at 500 in the league. Won't get that done with an 18-point loss in Dallas last night. More bad news, Shocker Athletics. Baseball team dropped a 12-4 to decision to Utah Tech in St. George yesterday. The weather, or predicted weather, anticipated weather, moved around the games. And yesterday was actually supposed to be a day off for Wichita State and Utah Tech. But instead of playing single game Thursday, doubleheader Friday, single game Saturday, Utah Tech and Wichita State decided to play four single nine-inning games starting yesterday, and they did. They played that game yesterday without much incident. It was cold, and there were some snow flurries here and there. But anyway, Utah Tech won it 12-4. Back to that in a minute. But because of just cold weather today, they have postponed the game today to tomorrow, so we're back at a double header again. And so that will take place tomorrow with the first game starting at 3 o'clock Central Time. They'll play a 7 and a 9 
if you're interested in that stuff. And if tomorrow that first game lasts more than seven innings, then the second game will be the seven-inning game. So not trying to confuse you, but a seven and a nine, unless the first game goes more than that, and then the next game, which would be game three of the series and game two tomorrow, that would be the seven-inning game. But uh, 12-4 yesterday, and that was a disappointing loss considering the way Wichita State played and considering the opponent, too. Uh, Utah Tech had given up 10 home runs in four games at Bruce Hurst Field to Portland out of the West Coast Conference. But Utah Tech yesterday teed off on Wichita State pitching for five home runs, including three from their first baseman, Sean Keating, and Wichita State left a small village on the paths. They stranded 12 offensively and gave up 12 runs to Utah Tech. Wichita State got multi-hit games from Brock Rodden and Peyton Tolley. Tolley led the way with three hits for Wichita State. Uh, Cameron By took the loss. He went the first two-plus innings, and he and Jace Miner combined to give give up back-to-back-to-back home runs in a five-run third inning in a battle of the bullpens since both teams played on Sunday and then turned around and played yesterday. It was a bullpen game that went to Utah Tech in a big way. Trailblazers are now two and three. Wichita State is now one and three. And again, they will play a doubleheader tomorrow starting at 3 o'clock Central Time because today's game has been postponed due to cold weather in St. George. So Wichita State's road trip will continue with a doubleheader tomorrow and then a single game on Saturday before the Shocker baseball team comes back home or comes home actually for the first time to open up the home portion of the schedule. Friday afternoon against Oakland. By the way, this weekend, Oakland plays Kansas. And those are the next two opponents for Wichita State's baseball team after they finish up in St. George. So if you're a baseball fan, Shocker baseball fan, you want to keep one eye on the scoreboard, Oakland plays KU this weekend. And Wichita State obviously will play both. I need to remind you that it is time to leave it all on the mat. And for the fourth year in a row, the 66th annual NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. Format this year will feature an individual national champion in 10 weight classes, a team championship based on individual finishes, and a double elimination format with top eight wrestlers in each class earning NAIA All-American honors. All session tickets are on sale between $42 and $53, very affordable. And the day of the event for single session tickets, and those are between $15 and $19. Also, The championship session will be live on ESPN3. For more information, head to visitwichita.com. That's visitwichita.com. For more information, NAIA Wrestling National Championship coming to Hartman Arena March 3rd and 4th. Don't miss it. All right, it is 12-18. When we come back, we'll talk about Brad Keller's curveball. John Sherman's comments on a downtown baseball stadium in Kansas City. That's Scott Barlow audio. KC's closer spoke to the Kansas City media a couple of days ago, so we'll hear from him. Little Royals talk when we come back. Shane Dennis Show on a Thursday. You're listening to the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. 
What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Ab. Did you know that carbon monoxide is odorless and invisible? And the only way to detect it is by installing carbon monoxide or CO alarms. First Alert is reminding you to install CO alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Also, remember, alarms don't last forever and need to be replaced at least every 5 to 10 years depending on your alarm. Protect your home and family with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores for your carbon monoxide alarms. Time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. This event is open to the public, and the championship session will be broadcast live on ESPN3. All session tickets are now on sale, and single session tickets will be available the day of the event. For more information, visit visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. Hi, this is Blake Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Brian Davis, another great special on Natural Light 30 Packs, only $23.99. And don't forget, most wanted vodka, 1.75 liters, just $17.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. Auburn Wine and Spirits, offering whiskeys from around the globe, craft beer, and wine of all types. Auburn Wine and Spirits has been bringing our selection of 2,000 wines to Wichita since 2008. Right now, Auburn Wine and Spirits is looking for a sales associate. If you want to work in a fun environment with competitive wages and are at least 21 years old, part-time and full-time schedules are available. Apply in person at 320 North Rock Road or send your resume to wine at auburnwichita.com. Twenty-two here on Thursday. Jamie Bluma coming up in about an hour or so. But right now, we need to talk a little Royals baseball because a guy that is battling for a starting spot in the rotation who is toting around a 524 ERA from his past two seasons is coming up with a, well, has come up with a new pitch. And he's taking it to spring training with him. It's Brad Keller. And apparently he's come up with a curveball. And in a inter-squad game, apparently he got Nicky Lopez to swing and miss at one. Surprising everyone, apparently. Because Keller, as we know, Fastball slider guy, uh, Andy Rogers from MLB.com, revealing that he's got a changeup. Um, that's a new one on me, but I'll take her word for it. Uh, and he also described, Keller did, his offseason as getting out of his comfort zone, and it led him to trying a curveball. Now, he has had a, a relationship with driveline baseball, 
And it's a training center that's uh, really data-driven. And everything is nowadays. Let's be honest. That's that's where we are. You can't just eyeball something and tell me you know if a guy is a good pitcher or a guy is a good third baseman. You just can't anymore. You just can't. There's too much data that will either back up your wild-ass guess or prove you wrong. But anyway... Uh, so Keller goes to driveline baseball, and apparently they reached out to him after his season ended and asked for him to come by, have him be a part of driveline. And for Keller's, to Keller's credit, he's had a pretty rough last couple of years, so might as well. Might as well try it. And then when the Royals signed uh, pitch, or hired pitching coach Brian Sweeney, Sweeney was into it, and there were some conversations there on what to work on in the offseason. It's kind of unclear whether Brian Sweeney suggested he throw a curveball, um, but Keller's never taken his curveball into a game. Uh, Jack, apparently... He's low to mid-90s in his fastball. We know that. Um, Throws his sinker a lot. His slider is upper 80s. And, again, according to Andy Rogers, his occasional changeup is is in the 90-mile-an-hour range. So everything that Keller has thrown so far has been hard, hard hard-ish, same speed, basically. And the fact that, he never came up with a changeup, a fork ball, uh, something else soft over his pretty brief career. It's somewhat startling, but on the other hand, when he's good, he is one of the better ground ball pitchers in baseball. Problem is, last two years, he just hadn't been all that good. So do you have any confidence whatsoever? that Brad Keller will actually, I mean, he will in spring training, but if he makes the rotation, that he will actually become a three-pitch pitcher and the third pitch being that slower curveball to get everybody off of his fastball and slider. Do you have any any confidence whatsoever this will actually take? I think he's got the right coaching, and I always uh, love it when I hear that a Royals pitcher, Royals hitter has gone to driveline. Vinny Pasquantino has gone to driveline for you know getting a better launch angle, getting more bat to barrel, which he already was doing a great job of last year. But as for the pitchers, you know Kyle Bodie and his squad can help these guys a lot. And you go over some of the numbers with Brad Keller last year. Uh, think about when you go to the doctor's office. You know when you'd have your height and weight, and they'd say, "Oh, you are in the." the 95th percentile. You're in the 99th percentile. That's a good thing. You don't want to be any lower than 90 or something like that. So with baseball savant, it's basically the same thing. When you have something in the 98th, 99th percentile, that means you are damn good at what you do. So here are some of the percentile rankings for Brad Keller in 2022. He was in the 28th percentile in average exit velocity. He was 21st percentile in hard hit percentage. He was 24th in expected batting average. He was 32nd. Let's be clear here. Let's be clear here. This is crappy. But very bad. This is yes, not good. yes. Okay. Lower, lower okay. numbers is very crappy. He was 32, okay. 32nd percentile in expected slugging percentage. He was 63rd percentile in barrel percentage, which was actually above average. So that's okay in Brad Keller's game. The only things he was mm-hmm. above average in was fastball velocity, which was in the 60th percentile. It's not very good, but it's not really low. And he was 70th percentile, uh-huh. its highest percentile ranking in fastball spin. He was in 11th percentile in strikeout percentage, 34th percentile in chase rate, 20th percentile and extension. Then you go over to his pitch arsenal here. He has a fastball which averaged around 94 miles per hour. He threw it 59% of the time. He threw his slider 36% of the time with an average uh, velocity of 87. His changeup he threw 5% of the time, and the average velocity was 90. What is the one thing you see about all three of those pitches? They're all close together. 
right? If you're averaging 94 yep. with your fastball and your changeup is 90, there's no difference, right? A, a hitter can adjust to 90 as opposed to if his changeup was 84 or 85. His yeah. slider yep. is too hard for me. It's more of a cutter to me. And I think with Brad Keller, when he's on, when he's rolling, he's working quickly, and his sinker is, is darting away from left-handed hitters and it's diving in at the back ankle at right-handed hitters. And he could set him up mm-hmm. with that slider. But the problem with Brad Keller is when things weren't working well, when he wasn't hitting the zone, none of his pitches were really hard to differentiate because they were all pretty much the same velocity. You add in that big bender, that 12-6 that hangs around 83-84, now you can set up some guys with a 96 hardened in, and then you have that big looper. And I think this will especially help him out with left-handed hitters because Brad Keller last year had nothing to put away left-handed hitters with. At times when he was rolling... He had his firm fastball with a good fastball spin, set him up for that slider down in the way. As for left-handers, he couldn't control it well enough to go down and in. And when that thing hung out over the middle of the plate, we saw how hard he was hit. Now, it was a little bit of an unorthodox type of year for Brad Keller because he started off really well. I mean, you can remember that first month, I think, for Brad Keller. He was by far and away the Royals' best pitcher. I think his his first start of the year, he went seven shutout against Cleveland. Now, it wasn't a very good Cleveland offense at the time. But still, he carried that into April. I don't think he just got any run support. That was a problem for Brad yeah. Keller, right? He'd get about one or two runs of run support every single night out. But then when he started to struggle and couldn't find that rhythm, that consistency, he'd be hit around. And then Mike Matheny and Cal Oder, for some reason, thought, well, let's make him a, a long reliever slash seventh, eighth, ninth inning type of guy. And, and that probably was uh, a knock on his confidence. And then he has to adjust into how he's throwing. You know, he's only preparing for an inning or two instead of trying to get yeah. through five or six innings. But for Brad Keller, it's hope is not lost here. We've seen Brad Keller be a very good pitcher for this team. Hell, you go back to his first year with the Royals in 2018 as a Rule 5 pick. He ended up being the Royals' best arm because his sinker was working. He worked quickly. He didn't have high pitch counts. He had a firm sinker. That slider was working well. And it benefited of not really being seen at the big league level for his entire career. Right, He's just a minor league guy that made the jump from double-A to the big leagues. Then when guys figured out, figured him out, they started sitting on that slider and that changeup when he tried to throw it and going, this really isn't that much different than his fastball. It's a good yeah. fastball, but if I'm sitting on 93, 94, 95, and that slider comes in at 88, 89, and it hangs, I can bang it 340 oh, yeah. feet from home plate. Or that yep. changeup comes in at 90, and it hangs, oh boy. I mean, that thing is getting hit onto you know I-70. And mm-hmm. that's just where Brad Keller is right now in his career. But credit to him this offseason. I always love to hear this about pitchers. Getting out of your comfort zone. Brady Singer had to get out of his comfort zone a little bit with that changeup, but he at least tried it last year. And I still think pitchers just need two solid pitches and then a third offering. But if you have two damn good pitches, you can kind of lean on those more so than having four or five average pitches to me. So with Brad Keller, he can have that firm fastball with a little bit of a sink to it, but his success this year will largely be determined on how effective and the velocity of that 12-6 curve. Couple of thoughts on this. Um, number one, if Keller uh, really does employ his curveball, use it in games in the regular season, this is my own personal opinion. I would be really surprised if he generates a lot of swings and misses with it. Uh, in other words, can he bounce it on top of home plate? Um, in a two-strike situation and get chases, I'd be surprised, uh, especially since he's never thrown one before. Not that he's never thrown one to a catcher, but not in a game until now, uh, at least since, I don't know, high school, minor league ball. I don't know when, but it's been years. So if he suddenly discovers that he has a curveball and it's a put-away pitch, you can color me surprised. Now, I'm not necessarily skeptical that he'll actually throw it and that it can be effective for him because it can. He can throw it oh oh and I guarantee you nobody's gonna swing at it. Or if he's got some cojones, he throws it one oh and just casts it in there for a free strike. Because I can promise you nobody but nobody, at least for the first month worth of starts, is gonna be sitting on a true curveball from him and if it is the 12 to 6 like you say it is 
then it can be a useful pitch. I'm just a little skeptical that he will be able to punch people out with it. But, again, that doesn't mean that it can't be useful for him. There are two ways to to use your curveball. One of them is for a get-me-over strike when they're looking for something else. And one of them is a hammer that puts people away. Look, Jonathan Heasley, I think you would agree, Jack, has a pretty good curveball. But even he, who throws it quite a bit, can't depend on a swing and miss every every single time you throw it. Uh, A good amount of guys without great curveballs are used just as a get-me-over strike, an OO, most importantly. Um, Now, if you can throw it behind an account for a called strike, all the better. But, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat with a curveball. And I would imagine, this is just me pontificating here, guessing, that if Keller uses his curveball, what, Jack, 15% of the time? I mean, is that too too bold to expect him to throw, of every 100 pitches, 15 curveballs? I, I, I think mean, 15 to 20 curveballs a game would be would be a good number. Uh, and You've got to put it in their head at least a little yes. bit. Yeah, And I think it's going to come down to, in starts where Brad Keller doesn't have his best stuff, what he relies on. Because we've seen younger guys at times, uh, you know, try to go back to just fastball change, fastball slider, whatever their top two pitches are when they are struggling. And sometimes when you know you give up five in the first two and you need to get away into the fifth inning, you still have to start throwing that curveball. Because if you don't and your other stuff isn't as good on that day, you're going to be hit around. So for Brad Keller, for me, I, know, I think it's fine that he's going out there and saying, you know, I need to get out of my comfort zone, throw the curveball. Well, part of getting out of your comfort zone isn't just, you know, using that stuff in spring training. It's got to stay consistent yeah. through the regular season. And I'd yeah. imagine he will because he also understands this is likely my last chance to crack the rotation with this group. I mean, this is year five for me in Kansas City. I've had no, you know, pressure to be in that rotation or have my job taken away from me going into opening day through those first five years. Now, I mean, I think he does have to thrive a little bit in spring training because guys like John Heasley could take his spot. Ryan Yarbrough could take his spot. Uh, There are guys on this team, guys in the minor leagues, that they could plug in as that fourth or fifth guy instead of Brad Keller. But it is very, very intriguing to see these Royals pitchers working with that video, that advanced data, using the metrics because – as we saw, or as we've heard from Shane the last couple of years, that was non-existent. Uh, these guys didn't use any of that technology. The Royals were basically living in the Stone Age for the last four years. And, you know, I was talking with Max Reaper last night on my night show on Sports Radio 810, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, the best thing about this, I don't think these guys are too far gone. You know, they're still yeah. 25, 26, and 27. And he goes, just look at Tampa Bay. They find these lost souls, these Island of Misfit toys like a Jason Adam and turn them into all-stars. Like, it still can happen if you can really hammer that point of using the advanced data. I think far more for uh, the pitching side of things than offensively. You still want to use data for offense, but I think with pitching, when you can go back to that, the spin rate on it or, you know, trying to get that extra movement on it or how you can attack the zone at a higher rate, that's with the video. That's how the video can help there. And we've seen Daniel Lynch talk about it. We've heard Brad Keller talk about it. And everybody that's come through kind of saying, man, this is totally different. We did not have this last year. This was not a point of emphasis. And it, it just took one coaching change, or it took a couple of coaching changes with this staff. And now to see that even guys like Brad Keller, who have been through the Stone Age, he has only known Cal Eldred as his pitching coach, to see this change held. We've always known there's potential in Brad Keller it just hasn't been unlocked yet. Maybe this curveball can be that thing to get Brad Keller back into a relevant state as an American League starter uh, Man, in baseball. Got 15 minutes through the segment without saying Cal Eldred. <laughs> I wondered if we could get through the whole thing, but we could. Ding, ding, ding. Well, I mean, it's not our fault, not our problem. Um, but, uh, you know, Brian Sweeney, their pitching coach, should issue a challenge between Brady Singer and Cal Eldred. Between Brady Singer and Brad Keller, if he does make the rotation and give those, make an ultimatum, say, I'll give you a $100 bill. Brady, if you throw more changeups and Keller throws more curveballs and vice versa, make them throw it. But 
That's just me. All right. Um, let us hear from a couple of days ago down in Surprise. Uh, Scott Barlow, old Scotty boy, uh, figures to be the closer. Well, get some help down there with the oldest Chapman from the left side, of course. But Scott Barlow uh, with a visit uh, with our boys from 810 a couple of days ago in spring training and surprise. Um, it's all coming now, right? Everyone's going to be here today. Everyone's it's a fun here. day. Oh, yeah. um, what's your excitement level? It's, it seems to be some new energy with some changes in, in everything around the world. Yeah, super excited. You know, been out here for, you know, cl- close to two weeks and uh, it's been super relaxed and, you know, just coming in and getting our work done and whatever drills we need to done and, and throwing and uh, yeah, it just seems like a really good attitude um, and mindset towards this next season, and just super excited. Skip said yesterday, it's good that everyone's here early, but also don't let's not push it, right? You can, he wants you guys to get away a little bit, right? Yeah, there's definitely a mix. I mean, even even these first couple days have been, uh, you know, very easy. You know, coming in, get whatever work you need to get done. Um, you know, everybody's been super good about, you know, getting their, you know, lifts and throwing and whatnot, but... Uh, you know, the schedule is super short, it seems like, throughout the day. So it's like once you're here, you know, everybody's, you know, focused and everything. And then, uh, you know, there's plenty of time to rest. And it's been just uh, really relaxing for sure. So what have your interactions been like so far? New pitching coach, new manager? I mean, what are your thoughts so far? Oh, incredible. Um, just through, you know, the couple of bullpens and uh, the lives that we've had, um, just the feedback we're getting on um, – new pitches uh that you know some guys are working on or uh you know just reinforcing the stuff that you know that we wanted to work on from last year and then you know putting everything into kind of number form and seeing on a screen uh and having meetings with catchers and going over uh what we like and don't like and just the communication with everything has been really really great so we had a chance to chat with brian sweeney the other day he seems like it's a it's a different entirely different kind of pitching coach than you guys have had before with those kind of like you're talking about the data and stuff like that do you like that you do you thirst for that kind of information oh yeah um you know at first you know even a couple of, it's everything's so new that like uh, you know i was kind of i didn't really understand it when i first saw it and um uh, it wasn't like you know super Im- implemented the past couple years uh but now that you like most of the places that we throw at in the off season, they have it, so you can kind of tinker with it and uh, you know just learn from it just through yourself and like okay, just playing around with it. And then over the past couple seasons, you know, having it on scoreboards and stuff, and it's everywhere, so it's you can't ignore it now. And then uh, being able to have access to it here and during bullpens and, and having a little bit better in depth ex- explanation of some certain things. Um, and being able to read it correctly and everything, it's been eye-opening for sure, and I've, I've really liked it. Is there something to kind of dumb this down for people who don't know all these things? What, what is the thing that you like? I mean, what, what are you looking for? Is it spin rate, or what, what, what is your stat that you like? So I like the horizontal movement and the vertical movement aspect of it. Um, you know, the radar gun's on there too, and that's always nice. But to see, like, movement on stuff, uh, especially being a guy that, you know, is you know, dependent on off-speed stuff, knowing, uh, you know, what that looks like in computer form. And it, out, it helps a ton with visualization. And when I'm throwing a ball, a slider especially, or a curveball, uh, being able to recognize a starting point and knowing that, okay, this is the most consistent way it's going to move and being able to uh, look at it realistically, like, okay, that's ex- ac- actually where I need to start it because that's where it works best. Um and being able to get on the mound and, um, like, seeing the catcher and, 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 and communicating with them. Be like, okay, if you set up here, this is where it's going to move almost, you know, nine times out of ten. So when you when you see this stuff, do you remember, like, does it, does it, does it jive with, like, I knew I threw a really good one here and the data backs it up? Does it reinforce it? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, pretty much any guy in here throwing a bullpen knows what a good one feels like. Um and then, you know, after you throw that one, that's a good one. You look back, and the numbers are always better. And that's always a really cool feeling. So what about this, this team? I mean, people don't, people have, you know, you see the projections, the, you know, win total's not huge, whatever. But it's, it's new and it's fresh. What do, you, what do you feel like you guys can get accomplished this year? 
I think it's just consistency. Um, you know, the ups and downs are going to happen. But, um, you know, being able to control that and trying to make everything almost plateau. So that way, every day you come out to the field, okay, this is what you're going to expect. Um, and I think, you know, from the talent we have, I mean, that's it's going to be incredible to watch that alone. Um, but, but, you know, the harnessing of that and knowing, okay, like I have the talent, you know, I work hard every day. Uh, and, you know, being able to just implement to that game to game and just trying to, and trying to have that performance almost plateau rather than, you know, the roller coaster effect uh, from day to day. And, you know, last year, obviously, the bullpen got worked a lot, you know. So we got some, some some older pitchers coming in. You still got some young guys in. I guess that's the goal to have, you know, a little less stress on the bullpen. Oh, yeah. Just depth in general is uh, depth with experience is, uh, you know, going to help tenfold with that. Um, and, you know, the, the, the younger guys that we have in the bullpen, too. I mean, like I said, with the talent-wise, I mean, everybody's, you know, the best of the best uh, with the, on that end. And uh, just getting experience is like the biggest thing so for those younger guys uh, out of the bullpen um, you know getting that experience and watching you know some of the older guys and and uh, the guys that have gone through it and, and, and just kind of feeding off that and uh, it's going to be exciting for them for sure all right last one for me um, pitch clock cool with that you yeah I mean I work pretty quick right. for the most part um, and it's one of those things where you know it's a rule now and you're gonna you have to adjust so I think you know spring training is is the best time for that and you know even with bullpens doing it early doing it in practice like having having somebody with a uh, you know a timer and be like okay that's this is actually 15 seconds because you know the games can you know speed up pretty quick but um, you know just being able to practice as much as you can um, I don't I don't foresee that being a, a big issue all right there you go some uh, royal sound from spring training in surprise arizona coming up here in just a little bit we got our twitter question has to do with things to do in wichita headlines coming up at one o'clock and also jamie bluma at 125 it just occurred to me that he would be a good guy to ask about trying to throw a curveball because he was a fastball slider guy. Of course, he was a uh, strictly a reliever, and Keller's trying to add one more pitch to his repertoire, assuming that he cracks his, the uh, starting rotation. So we'll talk to him about that coming up at 125. Also, uh, before we get off the Royals, uh, John Sherman uh, met with the media, started talking about um, a downtown stadium, as well, um, talked about the front office and the moves or non-moves that were made in the offseason. He talked about Matt Quattraro's really good article by Annie Rogers on MLB.com with the Royals um, page on MLB.com. You can go there and read that. But uh, John Sherman uh, was heavily quoted in that article, so if you want the very latest um, I suggest you go to MLB.com, click on the Royals uh, page, and you'll hear uh, there's some video up there. And after the first official full squad workout, he uh, spoke about my, Matt Quattraro and mentioned uh, his continued thoughts about the downtown stadium. So if you're into that, uh, go there. It's 1147. When we come back, we need to take a look at the Twitter question. At ESPN Wichita is the handle. has to do with events in Wichita. Tomorrow, we will tell you what went down with Wichita State and Memphis. Those two teams play tonight, of course, at Charles Coke Arena at 6 o'clock. We'll have our story of the week. And mine, uh, spoiler, give you a little bit of a preview, Uh the settlement with Eric Wedge was announced yesterday after the show. Um, so now Wichita State is on the hook, all told, for $8.475 million for people that aren't here anymore. So that will be my story of the week uh, tomorrow at 1225. We'll also do our best to catch up with Thor Nystrom 
and talk about NFL prospects and who the Chiefs might have their eyeballs on at 31 and I think 60, Jack, off the top of your head. It doesn't have to be exact, but they pick at 31 and 60-something, 64, 62. Around that range, yeah, I'll need to double check. Something like that, yeah. So anyway, yeah, Thor Nystrom, a uh, a college football prospect guru. He's been on the show before. Uh, We're going to have him on tomorrow uh, coming up at 125. He went to the Senior Bowl, actually. And uh, so we'll get his ideas on uh, risers and fallers and maybe who will uh, drop to 31 for the Chiefs. So a little NFL college slash college prospect talk tomorrow uh, in the second hour of the show. And then I'm old Jack Young as usual, Twitter question as usual as well. That's what's coming up on tomorrow's show. When we come back, we need to talk Twitter. It is 1249. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. On that heavy shelf you hung yesterday. Turns out you didn't use enough anchors. Wait, you didn't use any anchors? <laughs> now you've got an open floor plan. Trendy. And if you have the wrong home insurance, you could need a wall of money to fix this. So get home insurance with Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Kansas City Steak Company, another AmericanEagle.com success story. Started in 1932 as a family-owned butcher shop, today they're a leading distributor of superior all-American steaks delivered right to your door, ready for the grill and your taste buds. When it came to their website, an average site wouldn't do. They chose AmericanEagle.com to take their website to the next level. With a dramatic increase in competition and a softening market demand, they had two challenges. Improve their brand presence and message and produce a positive return. AmericanEagle.com got to work and executed usability studies and detailed audits of site experience, digital assets, and marketing. The result, an integrated digital marketing and customer experience plan, organic traffic increase of 20%, and a long-term roadmap for success. If you love great steaks, go to KansasCitySteaks.com. For website design, development, and online solutions that bring efficiency and results, visit AmericanEagle.com. If you need a results-driven website, call the team at AmericanEagle.com at 877-WEBNOW1. That's 877-WEBNOW1. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. When we have a bit of trivia on this show, and we do it fairly often, um, but normally I give Jack Johnson, our producer, show contributor, and trivia guesser, oh, and joke teller, too, uh, the break to think about it. Um, but in this case, I don't think he needs it. So we'll mix in a little trivia here and a little bit of Twitter, and then we'll go to headlines 
in the top of second hour. With opening day only 35 days away and games in spring training starting tomorrow, we'll have a little MLB trivia for Jack Johnson here on Thursday. Question is, pretty simple. Which 10 franchises have won at least four World Series? Jack? Let's go Yankees. 27. Let's go Cardinals. 11. Let's go Giants. 8. Red Sox? 9. How many do I need? Six more. Six more. There are okay. Ten franchises that have won at least four World Series. You have Yankees, Cardinals, Red Sox, Giants. There are four. How about Dodgers? Seven. How about the Reds? Five. There's six. Four more. Four more. Okay. How about. Huh. Let's go with. This is going to be a stupid guess. Um, well, I'll give you a hint. The ones remaining, there's only really one franchise that's done it even somewhat recently. So how about you have to dig through the recesses of your brain a little bit. The Astros? Not the Astros. Okay. How about the Blue Jays? Not the Blue Jays. Okay. Let's go with... Hell, I probably need to go way, way two, back. Two teams tied with four, one team with five, and one team with nine. Wow, I feel like I should. How about, ah, man, I'll go with Atlanta. Yes. Okay. They are one of the teams tied with four, the Braves. I think I need to go with this team because I feel like they were good way, way, way back in like the 20s, 30s, and 40s. How about the Pirates? Yeah, five. Okay. Yep. So now you got a team with four and a team with nine. Phillies? No. Uh, the team with nine, if you can try to think, I know you're just a kid, but right before the Big Red Machine in the late 70s of the Reds kind of had their thing going, this team in the early 70s had a little run that contributed to their nine. And Charlie O'Finley, the guy we talked about yesterday, was their owner. Had told all their players to grow mustaches, and he'd give them money for it. Do you remember who I said that was? Oakland? Yeah. A's with nine. God, that is shocking. And the Tigers have won four. But pretty good. Pretty good. Yankees with 27, Cardinals 11, A's 9, Red Sox 9, Giants with 8, Dodgers with 7, Pirates and Reds with 5, Braves and Tigers with 4. All right, the Twitter question has to do with Wichita. This kind of disqualifies Jack. I mean, he can vote if he wants to, and it's funny Jordan Foote voted, uh, and he's not a Wichita. But the question is, at ESPN Wichita, what's your favorite Wichita event? Zubilee, the state track meet, the downtown chili cook-off, or Riverfest? So far, pretty good turnout. Voter turnout, that is. 34.9% say the state track meet is their favorite Wichita event. 25.6% say Riverfest. 20.9% say Zubilee. And 18.6% say downtown chili cook-off. Jordan said, I'm not a Wichita resident, but I voted for the chili cook-off. All right, so uh, you got plenty of time to vote and retweet that to your tweets, if you would, each and every day about this time. We've got the Twitter question up on the Twitter page for the channel, at ESPN Wichita. What's your favorite Wichita event? Zubilee, State Track, Chili Cook-Off, or Riverfest? Go there, vote, retweet and prosper. All right, we're right on top of the hour, the can equip Case IH Red Zone Hour. And before we get to some headlines coming up in the next segment, we need to remind you folks that Twin Peaks has you covered for Lent. 
for those of you that celebrate and go meatless on Fridays, Twin Peaks got you hooked up. Try the fish and chips bundled with a 22-ounce draft for a steal on Fridays. Or you can reel in one of their other seafood options, like blackened fish tacos, which I've had. They're quite good. Shrimp Caesar or char-grilled salmon. So those of you that observe Lent, coming up on Friday, you're going to need some meatless options. And Twin Peaks, 21st and Rock, Ridge and Taft got you hooked up. And besides, you can sign up for their e-club, stay up to date on all things Twin Peaks, and score free stuff. Signing up is easy. Just go to TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Peaks-Club and get started today. 12.59, hour two is straight ahead. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.